if I was starting out as a marketer right now and you're saying definitely, you're saying avoid a certain thing, the big thing that I would avoid is doing too many things at once. And that's the big mistake. Do one thing really well, conquer it, and then move on to the next channel and then continually add more. Yes, you need to take an off-channel approach, but you need to start with one or two channels first and get them right before you expand to many more channels. Welcome to the Undefeated Underdogs podcast, where I unpack and narrate stories of ambitious people who turn obstacles into opportunities. My goal for this podcast is to create a platform to narrate underdog stories and maybe play a small, teeny tiny role in inspiring you. I intend to highlight the underdog mentality and make authentic conversations with people who play the long game, take action with the chip on their shoulder, and convert obstacles into opportunities. Buckle up, as I'll be bringing some authentic founders, VCs, community builders, and content creators who got underestimated their whole lives, and yet they beat all the odds to become insanely successful. Now, today I want to tell you a little bit about our awesome sponsor, Acquire.com. Selling a business is as tough as building a business. As someone who went through this process once, selling my own startup, I know the pain it takes to get to the end zone. This is where our sponsor shines. Imagine this, you're a founder who's built a solid SaaS product, acquired customers and generating consistent monthly revenue. The problem is you're not growing for, for whatever reason, lack of focus, lack of skill, or just plain lack of interest and you feel stuck. What should you do? The story I'd like to hear is you buckle down, somehow reignited the fire, get past yourself and the cliches and start working on your business rather than just in the business. You start building an audience, move out of your comfort zone to do sales and marketing, and in six months, you triple your revenue. The reality isn't as simple. Situations may be different from every founder facing these crossroads, but too many times, the story ends up being one of inaction and stagnation until the, become business, the business becomes less valuable or worse worthless. If you find yourself here or your story is likely headed down a similar road, I offer you a third option. Consider selling your business on Acquire.com. Capitalizing on the value of your time is a smart move. Acquire.com is free to list and they've helped hundreds of founders already. Go to try.acquire.com slash and see for yourself if this is the right option for you. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome, everybody. Today, I have Neil Patel, one of the amazing marketers I, I duly respect, like now and then. And every time I you know, think about marketing, I refer his articles. If, if I'm not an SEO expert, but everything he created regarding SEO and everything, it's like pure gold. Uh, Neil is the founder of NP Digital. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's a top influencer named by Wall Street Journal. I can go on and on and on and on. Probably I can take like half an hour just introducing Neil, but which I don't want. Let's get into the uh, conversation. Neil, welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. A fun story. Uh, Neil and I, we met at Inbound a few weeks ago and he was very grateful, uh, very gracious to like, you know, come on the show and bless our listeners with, you know, some of the wisdoms he's going to like drop now. So right off the bat, talk to me about uh marketing 101 like when did you fell in love with marketing go let's go back to your early days and like walk me through it 
so I was around 15 years old, created a website, and the website was a business. It was a job board, and no one was coming to it. And I created the job board because I couldn't find a job. Oh, <laughs> I was coming to it. I saved up some money from working some jobs, and I paid a marketing firm. I got little to no results. I was frustrated. I was broke. So I had to learn it on my own. I started doing marketing on my own website. It took a year, got good at it. And then I was like, huh, this is actually fun. And it was like addicting, just looking at the analytics and the data. You'd be like, oh, mm. I'm getting more visitors. More people are registering on my site. Still wasn't making money, but it was at that right. point where I got addicted to the marketing aspect. And talk to me about the the early mistakes you made as a as a 15 year old, you know, learning about marketing that uh, people still make today. Like what are some things that you observe right now that, oh my God, they're still, people are, I'm just getting super mad because they're just doing the same thing, which I did 15 when I was like 15 years old. Sure. So one is they take shortcuts. They'll like do mm -hmm. things like buy links and try to cheat the system instead of playing the long game and investing that money in their product or service. The second thing that people still do, and they made this mistake when I first started 23 years ago, people focus on immediate ROI. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. Marketing, yes, you want a ROI when you can get one, but not everything in marketing is about ROI. What about brand building? And a lot of people took that for granted, you know, 23 years ago, and they still take it for granted today. But if you look at electric cars, you buy Tesla because you just know it's Tesla. When it's running shoes, you go with Nike because of their brand. Right. And right. a brand is very powerful. If you look at most of your purchases, you're purchasing brands that you know and you've seen before. And you didn't necessarily do a Google search or click on a paid ad. And I'm not saying SEO or email marketing or paid advertising or social media can't help with brand building. But hmm. companies take that for granted. And you build a good brand by having a good product, good service, by being in business many years. You know, all these things really add up. And what, what, when you say people take shortcuts, right? Uh, what are the things that I know, like, you know, some of the things you mentioned are kind of like, uh, they want like get rich, I mean, get quick uh, results type of a methodology, I would say like, right. Hey, if I do this, I get this type of a yeah, thing. It's the same mentality as a get rich quick, which is what you're talking about. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And, uh, in, in those shortcuts, uh, especially in, in today's, uh, short attention span world, uh, what are some things that you, uh, like drum the beat out saying that, Hey, do avoid this because it's, it's the social age. I think 15, 15 year old Neil lived in a different world than the Neil, which is living right now. So what are the things that if you were like a 15 year old starting to do marketing, uh, that you say, Hey, definitely do avoid this. Yeah. So if I was starting out as a marketer right now, and you're saying, definitely you're saying avoid a certain thing. The big thing that I would avoid is doing too many things at once. So in marketing, and it's contradicting advice, but it's not really. And here's what I mean by that. In marketing, people will tell you that good channels eventually get competitive. And the only way to win is to take an omni-channel approach. You have mm. to do social media. You have to do all the major platforms. You have to do SEO. You have to do email marketing. You have to do conversion. You have to do paid ads. You have to pay per click. Convert rate optimization. But it's overwhelming. But that's mm. how you win. And what you see is people start off with trying to do everything. And that's the big mistake. 
do mm. one thing really well, conquer it, and then move on to the next channel and then continue to add more. Yes, you need mm. to take an omni-channel approach, but you need to start with one or two channels first and get them right before you expand to many more channels. And in your opinion right now, right off the bat, uh, given like you're observing the market very closely, especially in the marketing area, uh, which channel do you recommend for listeners who are either starting their own business, being a creator, creating content, which yeah. channel is like really effective right now? I, I wouldn't necessarily say one channel is more effective than another because it really depends on your industry, but I would tell mm. you at medium, uh, video is probably one of the most effective formats mm. and I would start mm. with creating video and you can repurpose that video on multiple channels and or you can I think, the video into reels or shorts or whatever you want to call them, TikToks, etc. Right. Right. You, your blog, uh, had over 4 million visitors per month. Uh, and you, you spend like a ton of time on it, like, you know, on a regular basis. Talk to me about like how that reach how did you maximize that reach? Uh, what are the some what are some tactics that, from a writing standpoint, writing blog standpoint, that you've used that people should like you know uh, learn about? So the the big thing is is if if you're gonna pick one thing, if you want to get traffic to your website, because keep in mind I started early, so things were a little bit different than they are now. Hmm. But right now the key is you're writing really unique, amazing content. See, everyone's talking about ChatGPT and Bard and creating the same regurgitated information. Right. To do well, you got to write unique, fresh content that people haven't read about before that is on top of their mind that intrigues them. And that's where mm. I think a lot of people make mistakes right now. It, uh, let's talk about your marketing school podcast. If you've done written content, you've done building businesses, you've done like so many things. Why podcasting? What, what caught your eye that I should do podcasts? Yeah, uh, what caught my eye is I look at podcasting as an unsaturated market. I mean, there's less than 10 million podcasts, but there's over a billion blogs. Look how many people there are in this world. Podcasting is just much less competitive, and it's it's growing at a very rapid pace. And uh, anything that you've learned building the podcast uh, growth versus the blog growth, like what are the some things that you did differently this time. I know it's, I think it's audio video is predominantly like, you know, will help yeah, you so get more visitors. Podcasting. When you do your keyword research is similar to the blog. You got to have good keywords that people are searching for. You can use tools like Ubersess or answer the public for that. Uh, two is you got to talk about trending topics. Three is you need to, we found that longer podcast episodes are doing better. Even though we do short ones, we've been doing tests on that. Four hmm. is you need to keep your repository. So with podcasting, when people look at their feeds, a lot of times they only show the latest like 50 episodes or 100 episodes. We show as hmm. many as the uh, aggregators will allow you to show. We find that gets us a lot more uh, listens or views or whatever you want to end up calling them. Hmm. And then uh, the next strategy, and this is the last one, I'll actually give you two more. So one other strategy is consider interviewing people. When you interview them, have them promote the podcast episode. And then the last mm -hmm. strategy is you got to do swaps with other podcasts. So let's say you have a podcast. I have a podcast. We right. can do ad impressions on your podcast where you're promoting our podcast. And on our podcast, we can promote yours. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if your podcast is more popular than mine or mine is more than yours. We can do impression swaps. So I can do a thousand impressions for a thousand impressions or 10,000 impressions versus 10,000 impressions. And we found that to just really grow a podcast. 
Oh, I didn't know that. I, I think the, I didn't know that that's a thing about impression swap. <laughs> that's a good takeaway from this episode. Uh, with So one of the things uh, that really caught my attention when, when I was listening to you at Inbound was you were, you were telling that you should always give free work in the beginning and you should give, give, give. And at some point, if you ask, you know, people are going to like, come forward to support you in, you know, whether you're building a SaaS business or creating content, you should always free work first. Then later you have to place an ask. Talk to me about that philosophy. How did that philosophy help you grow your business? Well, it's simple. Um, let's start thinking of everything as a currency. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you give away something for free, it costs you money. Opportunity costs, your time, your energy, maybe paying people, it costs money. Hmm. Buying traffic costs money. What we found is if you can find something that people find valuable and you can give it away for free because it doesn't cost you much, we find that is more effective than spending the dollars on marketing. I own a marketing agency, NP Digital, right? Right. It goes against what, you know, what, how I make money in my business. But we tell clients what's best for them. It doesn't mean hmm. marketing is bad. We find that if you can find something that has high value that you give away for free has bigger impact than charging or paying for marketing. It, isn't that, so sometimes it feels like the debate out there is when you give a lot of free work, you're kind of losing credibility as well because it, it's, again, I, I'm opposed to it, but because you're doing there's a lot of people, Ray Dalio gives a ton of stuff away for free. He, no one cares. He doesn't lose any credibility. He's also one of the richest people in the world. But free has nothing to do with credibility. You'll mm -hmm. lose credibility if your product or your service sucks, whether it's free or paid, right? Mm -hmm. That's what loses credibility. If the information you put out is crap, it doesn't matter if it's pay or free, you'll lose credibility. Free has nothing to do with credibility. Quality has everything to do with credibility. Mm, I like that. I uh, that's that's a that's a that's a snippet that we'll use for sure. Uh, with personalized marketing being important these days, everybody's becoming more human, not sounding like a machine. How can founders leverage it to grow their business? So personalization. I don't have a dog, but let's imagine I have a dog. I wouldn't want Amazon recommending me cat food. If I have mm. a dog and I don't have a cat personalization, that's an extreme example, but mm -hmm. that makes your life easier when you're shopping. For example, right. if I'm looking up the weather and I'm in Los Angeles, but it shows me the weather in Las Vegas, that's a four hour drive. That's a big difference. I don't care what the weather in Las Vegas is. I'm in Los Angeles. I want to see mm. where the weather is in the city I'm in or where I'm going to. Mm. What I'm getting at is personalization just makes your life better. Right. But, the hard part with personalization is when do you show people different things and you can start using tools and services like chat GPT to help with this, whether that's chatbots, you know, from the open uh, AI API um, or whether it is showing people different things based on their location. People want personalized experiences. Um, but the hard part is actually personalizing and not getting too personal. And what I mean by that is hmm. we found that when you personalize too much, it doesn't really impact conversions or revenue. You need mm -hmm. to personalize enough where you can get the extra conversions and sales, but personalizing much more than that doesn't make that big of a difference. 
Mm, I like that. You're, you're one of the influencers in marketing. And uh, in, I think it's after social becoming like a, like the social wave, everybody's having that creating content on, on social TikTok, whatever that is, like Facebook earlier. Uh, how important is an influencer's role in, in current marketing landscape? And as an influencer yourself, like how do you uh, find advantages of influencer marketing? I think influencers are very important. And think of it this way. Um, with influencers, okay, if you wanted to buy, uh, if you want to buy something, a lot of times, uh, you're, you're, a lot of times, if you, if you want to buy something, you're looking at what other people are recommending. Whether it's mm. a Christian or Ronaldo, if it's related to soccer, or Kylie Jenner for Kylie Cosmetics. <laughs> But right. people connect more with these individuals or Rihanna from Fenty than they do right. with a lot of these faceless corporate brands. Now, it doesn't mean right. the faceless corporate brands aren't effective. Is look what Nike's done with influencers. Michael Jordan, you know, um, uh, LeBron, James. You know, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, etc. Influencers can be very powerful. You just have to have the right influencers and have to be relevant to your business. Me getting LeBron James to promote my marketing agency, NP Digital, isn't going to do much. His following is related mm. to marketing. It's more towards sports and entertainment. And it has to be the right influencers, but it's super effective. I think mm. where, look what Ryan Reynolds did. He sold Mint Mobile. Uh, I forgot a what the price tag was, but it was, it was, it was yeah, quite a more bit. Than billion. Yeah, it's yeah. more than a billion. Yeah, more than billion, I think, including the earnout, and it was a super effective strategy. What was the mm. differentiator between Mint Mobile and the other mobile fighters? The real difference was Ryan Reynolds. There wasn't much of a difference other than that. I think, yeah, I feel like uh, a lot many people make mistakes picking wrong influencers, wasting a lot of money, uh, thinking that their name and fame are going to like bring a lot of attention. But what you said is absolutely true. It doesn't matter. There should be like a, like a business influencer fit so that, you know, like just founder market fit, it should fit right in so that their audience feels like the product you're building is much more valuable. I like that a lot. Yes. Uh, in, in your opinion, uh, what are some key trends that startups should focus on within the digital marketing in this landscape? So digital marketing right now, think about AI and how you can use it to be more efficient in your marketing so you can get more done as a startup. Be mm -hmm. as focused. Startups try to do too many things with their marketing. Try to pick one or two channels first and then expand. Three, start thinking about product-led growth. What can you give away for free, which we talked about as well. That doesn't cost you much and sell them something that's bigger. Um, mm -hmm. In the presentation, I'll probably give an example of you give away free payroll software and you sell them on health right. insurance, which is more than right. a 10 times bigger market when you compare paychecks versus united uh healthcare mm -hmm. and the last one that i would really say is engage with your community this hasn't mm -hmm. changed uh much from when i started marketing 23 years ago i actually think it's worse now there's social media but a lot of people don't want to engage with others when people mm -hmm. leave comments, people aren't responding back they're not helping others they're not really conversing with their audience and mm -hmm. if you don't hear them out you don't help them you're not there for them you're not communicating with them you're only going to do so well talk to me yeah i think 100 percent agree community is that additional weapon that people should use uh intentionally again i think a lot many founders with their digital marketing strategy they just 
they just build communities out of intention because someone else is building it or they think that more people bring more business that's absolutely i feel wrong should be very intentional like interacting with the community 100% yep. on that uh talk to me about the the data aspect of marketing uh i don't want to like ask a standard question about like hey what metrics like people should measure but at the same at, at the same time i want to like really understand how you think data plays a role in startups doing the right marketing meaning are they progressing in the right way take moving forward uh, what are the what are the metrics that you generally consider so i don't really consider a specific metric like you know what what they sh- the reason i don't say i don't consider a specific metric it varies per business so every hmm. business has their own key performance indicators. For some, it's leads. For some, it's sales cycles. For some, it's conversion to customers. For some, it's lifetime value of a customer. For some, hmm. it's churn. I don't know what it is going to be for your business or the listener's business because it's going to vary for each one. But you got to figure out what metrics really move the business in the direction you want to go and from both bottom of funnel, mid funnel, and top of funnel. And those are the metrics you need to start tracking. Hmm. This is more this is more of like a like a tricky question I would say. There is like a scrappy of building marketing, right? Like there is this yeah. uh, you know, it not need to be like paid. It should be clever, smart, witty, like people wearing t-shirts in a conference getting the attention of others. So sort of like gorilla marketing I would say. Yeah, uh, but it can be paid. Because there's paid I still think is scrappy. If you can spend a dollar and make $2 in profit for every dollar you spent through paid advertising, you would spend as much as you can. Hmm. So right? the, the question I have is like, if you were to design a, a scrappy strategy of marketing, what would that look like? I'm just curious. Uh, it would actually rely on one key strategy. It wouldn't be a scrappy version of marketing. It would be, what can I give away for free? It would be product-led growth, which in my version would be scrappy. It would be, what can I give away for free that would and sell them something bigger so I can build up the audience without having to pay for it? I think that would build mm-hmm. a much bigger business in the long run. I, like, I think you've talked at, at, at detail about uh, product-led growth, you know, giving a free extracting to expanding to other markets in inbound uh when are you becoming honda odyssey's ambassador <laughs> i love the honda odyssey you click a button and the doors open on both sides for the kids to jump <laughs> in out right so yeah, uh, yeah. for folks who for context i think uh, neil used one of the examples as honda uh and i love i loved it in in one of the keynotes so that, that was the context before that but well Talk to me about like the the brand uh, making in marketing, like meaning take take the famous Steve Jobs marketing lessons, right? Like it, it's all it's always about persona, people, not features or benefits or the product. It's always about beyond that, right? So in in this twenty twenty three age, uh, what is do still people think the same? Do you suggest the same or what are you suggesting beyond that? Like people uh, versus product. I think marketing, the concepts are still very similar as they were 10, 20, 15, you know, years ago. Um, in which it is people, personas, problems, solving them. Those are the things that really matter. It's the same. There's no, there's no additions channels to... Changed. I think the channels have changed. Uh, I don't necessarily think the the 
the way you you know people's problems and the personas or a lot of that kind of stuff has changed but i think the channels have changed that you communicate with them just like mm. think about television people used to purchase television ads all the time and they still do but now it can be done digitally mm. right we have connected tv you have youtube tv you have netflix where you can purchase ads you have amazon where you can purchase ads in prime like right. the channels have changed but you know the real marketing concepts a lot of them haven't changed they're still applicable today the foundations are the same i like that you're you're also one of the uh, you know one of the amazing public speakers you've given so many talks so many interviews uh, you know you're you're actually nailing this one too what advice would you give yeah. to those trying to improve public speakings just do it no one's perfect <laughs> it's great at the beginning you keep doing things and you get better when you want to play a sport you're not the best at day 1 you get better over time it's that's how the life works with most things let's talk about like some of the some of your uh, like the work versus the personal stuff uh, what excites you most as as a dad neil versus a marketing neil wait repeat the question yo so let's talk about your work life balance or like you know the vers- versus like you know the personal stuff what excites you as a, as a as a dad neil or like you know as a just general like you know rdc driver neil <laughs> versus marketer neil yeah so personal life what excites me is just family wife kids them progressing in life taking milestones those kind of things really excite me any any uh, past times that you want to talk about that really helps you really focus on your business uh, that people should follow like any habits that you want to share wake up early uh start my work before a lot of distractions i sleep early that way i get a good night's rest i do intermittent fasting it helps me with energy at least for me i don't i'm not saying medically it helps for energy i just i feel like i have more energy with intermittent fasting i hmm. work out uh, at least 4 or 5 times a week um hmm. you know i'm not the buffest guy or the fittest guy but it helps i try to eat really healthy uh hmm. and clean no fried food or not tons of like cheese or oily food you know uh, not tons of bread but all that kind of stuff just helps me be more efficient i don't really drink any coffee not even really i don't drink coffee uh tea don't need hmm. carbonated drinks just water no alcohol like you you seem like a like a i think you should you should name this episode as monk marketer or something like that you seem very calm very composed you have a routine you have like a lot of habits uh you seem like you know uh, the right person i think everybody should mock around <laughs> uh t- talk to me about your like the balance work work balance just work balance like you do the podcasting you have this business i don't have uh, a work balance you, i So my, my I spend almost all my time on NP digital or all my time on NP digital but there's no real work life balance. I work a lot. Um I work 7 days a week and I enjoy it. I think when you love what you're doing on all ends of life, you don't strive for as much balance. You focus on what you love. Hmm. That's 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 the classic classic uh you know inspirational drop right there. you've done a lot of consulting as well right like you've you've helped companies like airbnb salesforce uh when you work with corporations or big brands like that what are some challenges that you faced and how did you like overcome 
there's always a challenge. Typically, when you work with clients like that, they come to you with a problem and you got to figure out how to solve it in the time frame they want and within the budget that they want. And it's always tough to do both of those. And you got to start thinking outside the box. You got to get creative. That's usually the way you win. Any any particular examples that you're very proud of the work you did, you know, for... Uh... I have a lot and you can find tons of examples on the NP Digital website. But the reason I don't bring them up is I don't know which ones were contractually allowed to talk about and which ones were oh. not the NP digital website because the ones that are on our website I know contractually we're able to talk about because some of the big companies that you work with they don't even let you put the logo on their website like they're really Whoa. picky and when in that scenario how do you actually grow your consulting business like when you don't have that social proof uh, how do you kind of amplify it that you work for some sales offer work for free and if you do well then maybe you'll get a paid gig Get creative, look at all the people on Crunchbase who recently got funding, hit them up and offer them services because they're just flush with cash. Like strategies like that, like just getting creative really can drive good revenue. But that's where a lot of people uh, mess up on is they're not really they're not really getting creative and thinking outside the box. And uh, in this age, I feel, uh, let's talk about creativity, right? Like creative marketing and as such. Uh... In this age, a lot of people are relying just on AI. Like, yeah. hey, create create some, you know, design strategies for my business startup and whatnot. Which is really bad. You cannot just rely on AI. It's not perfect yet. Uh, I'm still jet lagged. Sorry. But um, it, it's not right. perfect yet. It has a lot of issues. Uh, but creativity a lot of times comes with just brainstorming, thinking out of the box, reading, seeing what other people in different industries are doing. Uh, that can all help get the creative juices flowing. And do you, uh, I think, again, going back to Steve Jobs about creativity, he says, like, you know, great artists steal and a lot many others like copy, right? Talk to me about uh, this, the stealing aspect. Like, how should one do it in terms of marketing? Uh, and how to implement, like what you just said, like, you know, observe other people's work, right? Yeah. Stealing is really normal. Instagram copied Snapchat. <laughs> you know, YouTube copied Instagram and they copied TikTok, right? Like right. this is nothing new. It happens in all industries. If Apple creates amazing ear pods, Samsung mm. and others may end up copying, right? Mm. Or earplugs or not uh, ear, ear yeah, headphones. Yeah, AirPods or uh, AirPods, I don't know what they're called, something like that. But all I'm getting at, this is normal. Now, the key with stealing someone else's concept is you steal ideally if you can make it better. Doing the same exact thing, it could be effective, but what's really effective is if you can make it better. Google what wasn't the search engine. They copied a lot of other people, but they figured out right. how to make it better. Hmm. That's a great example. Uh, you've, you've caught, you've also like talked a lot about AI during inbound. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, you have the, you have like a strongest opinion, uh, where do it really works? Well, like this is where AI, especially for marketers, content creators, uh, you should heavily rely on AI. And like you said, you shouldn't heavily rely on the strategy bit, which we talked about, but where do you, where do you see that AI really helps? accelerate the process in 2020? I think AI can help accelerate the process with creative content ideation, uh, research, 
processes, analyzing data. I think those are some of the areas where it can really help you excel. It can't do the whole job, but it can help you get maybe 50% there or 60% there. Do, do you use AI tools? Any, any, do you have any AI stack do you want to share? I don't have any stats, but we, we use a lot of uh, ChatGPT and we use BARD quite a bit. Those are the two that we use a lot. And any, any specific use case that you use for? Uh... Sure. Taking all our data from our marketing campaigns, putting it in one place, and then having the AI analyze it to figure out where, where we're wasting money, what's working, what's not, et cetera. Hmm, that's interesting. And where, where is AI going in the future? Like, what is your prediction from? I think they're going to have robots that walk around and can help you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the wild prediction. Uh, that this has been like very short, but very impactful interview. I would say, uh, any, any closing thoughts before we wrap up in marketing, it, we're in a time where it's just like, everyone's using AI when you actually take time to create something unique and you're not just being similar to everyone else, you'll really stand out even more now and it'll help you shine and succeed. So try to figure out what you can do manually that helps you stand out versus just using the same outputs as everyone else. I was at a conference the other day and this lady named Erica told me about her daughter. She's in Switzerland in a school. Three of her daughter's classmates got a zero on their essay. Why? Because they used ChatGPT and their essays all sounded the same. So the teacher knew. The oh, point I'm man. getting at is being unique, being creative, standing out. It shines. It's more even more important now than it was a few years ago. Being authentic and like I said, being human is is going to like be the differentiating factor right now because of the the machine, you know, uh, overwhelming content that's been floating around. Uh, that's a great advice. Neil, appreciate you so much. I know you're busy, you're traveling, you've, you've got a lot on your plate and I appreciate you for taking time and talking to us. You know, some of the things you said are really absolutely important. Pick one piece at a time, one channel, focus on one thing, uh, double down and be authentic. Use AI, but don't, don't overuse it. That's, that's, I think would, I would like to put that as a summary of this conversation, but appreciate you. Uh, Thanks, folks, for listening. This, this, there, there have been like more guests coming on the show, and I'm excited to like you know unpack a lot of these things. And uh, cheers to Neil again. But stay tuned for more episodes. Cheers. Thanks.